Hey everyone, welcome to The Illustrious Gentleman. My name is Ryan, and uh, this is going to be one of our Chaser episodes, where it's just me going solo this week, and I thought I would uh, answer some questions. I got a couple questions here uh, from a patron, and then I pulled up some uh, some other questions from a couple websites that I think uh, people might be interested in. A little bit about uh, making comics and uh, advice and sort of, you know, thoughts on that. So we're just going to do a couple, you know, handful of Q&A questions this week, and then uh, I'll get out of here, get out of your hair and let you all go about your your wonderful week, the week before I go to the East Coast, before I go to um, Northern Virginia for a couple of days, and then head down to Charlotte for Heroes Con, which I'm super excited about. Uh, and that's uh, going to be next. Heroes Con is in two weeks, just under two weeks. Um, so if you're in the south southeast area or the mid-south get your ass over to charlotte south carolina this is the illustrious gentleman podcast you can listen to every episode uh wherever you get your podcasts or directly at anchor.fm slash tig show or at tigshow.com also at tigshow.com is a link you can get shirts some coffee cups all sorts of swag you know that's what the kids like that's what we like to provide so uh yeah just go to tigshow.com everything you need follow us on social media at tig underscore show uh tell your friends about the podcast rate the podcast uh subscribe if you're not a subscriber and you're just a lurker go ahead and hit that subscribe button um all of that is beneficial all right so let's just get into it uh the first couple questions are from david kelly patron david kelly what's up david um he asks if I'll become a Liverpool fan if Pulisic lands there. So Christian Pulisic currently plays for Chelsea. Uh, rumors that he's on the move. Um, I will not be a Liverpool fa- Liverpool fan if Christian Pulisic goes there. I will only be. Well, there's nothing that would make me a Liverpool fan. No, not going to do it. I'm I'm ride or die with Everton. Um, I'd like to see Pulisic uh, go somewhere where he gets uh, more routine playing time. I don't know if that's going to be the case at Liverpool. Maybe he needs to go to a smaller club. Um, keeping in mind, I understand that my team barely survived uh, the relegation battle this year. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see him at a, at a club where he can get uh, more quality playing time. Um, yeah, and he's probably the best, you know, or he is the best American player right now. So it'd be nice to see him get a bigger stage rather than, uh, you know, a handful of goals every year for Chelsea coming off the bench. Uh, next question was, how was Phoenix Fan Fusion? Uh, it was good. We talked a little bit about it on last week's pod, um, but yeah, it was fine. They, they, um, the guests are kind of set up in a weird location. You know, we're kind of at the back corner of the convention center, so it's not always the greatest location for foot traffic. You know, I see a lot of, um, you know, I see a lot of posts on social media of people at the show and um, stuff like that, and I just noticed a lot of the people in these photos I never once saw walk down our aisle. So. Uh, I don't know if people just weren't making it all the way over there. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Who knows? Um, it's no one's fault, really. Whoever puts these maps together, they don't. They're not. They're not uh, comic book artists. They're, they don't. You know, they don't display or try to sell their wares on the convention floor. Um, but I think uh, you know, maybe beneficial to uh, to have a creator guest as a liaison or somebody to talk to, and you know, and and, and talk about how placement in a show does matter. You know, if you're in the back corner. People aren't making it all the way to the back corner. You know, it's a big convention center. If you're buried in a corner somewhere, you're kind of screwed. Um, but the other side of that is someone's got to be there. They're filling the entire convention center. 
So who am I to say that I'm more important than anyone else? So sure, put us in the corner. It was fine. It's 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 a uh, again, it's a zero cost show. It cost me nothing to do it, uh, other than my embarrassment by having to be pushed around by Scott all weekend and basically babysat by Scott, which I appreciate. But yeah, it was fine. It was fine, David. Um, what else here? Have you colored anything traditionally in the last few assignments? Uh, I've The only thing I've done traditionally as far as colors go is uh, a couple commissions. So I did a couple pre-show commissions earlier this year for WonderCon. And a couple of those were color. And I think I have one or two HeroesCon pre-show commissions that I have to do in color. Uh, I don't love it. I don't like... Uh, my mind is set up where I know exactly the steps when I'm working in Photoshop. And I can't replicate those or duplicate those steps traditionally uh so i it's i gotta figure out i gotta just practice more with it and i don't i don't put enough time in i don't practice ever you know i never really sketch i don't really put a lot of time in working the craft i just do the work um so yeah just a couple commissions to answer that question and it's something that i should get better at because if i'm going to keep coloring comics ideally i would probably get more color commissions at shows um, so it's a, it's a skill I need to sharpen. Uh, all right. So this next one is, uh, you know, uh, I just found some questions about solo podcasts because it's one of the more difficult things to do is just talking to a mic and not have uh, someone to, to ping pong back and forth with, as, as Scott likes to say. So I found this website, sweetfishmedia.com. They had a bunch of like bullet points for solo podcast questions. I grabbed uh, three, I think, that kind of are applicable 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 to this show um so the first one is advice you advice you'd give to your younger self um so what advice would i give to my younger self well i just talked about it but i would tell myself to practice more and practice more often you know when i was younger but also now um you know there are artists who have sketchbooks and they're working in them all the time that's not like I said, that's not what I do, and it's something I should do, and I think it's something I would get great benefit from. I just, for whatever reason, I just, I'm just lazy when I get home. I just want to watch sports, and now the cricket's back. Goddamn cricket! Uh, so yeah, I would definitely uh, practice more and uh, learn to stay in love with making comics. You know, comics are a job, especially you know when you're when you're just on deadline crunch and you're just working your ass off to to you know to make your editors happy to hit your deadlines to get the book out on time it can seem more like work than than ever before um but try to figure out a way to learn to stay in love with making comics i kind of do that by um you know coloring fun little pinups or whatever you know as as, as warm-ups i did a travis charay uh space girl sketch the other day it's on my instagram um stuff like that even if it's just 20 or 30 minutes working on something that is not for print, not for publication, just for fun. That can really kind of get the creative juices going. Um, I would also tell uh, my younger self to study more illustration and animation art instead of just just looking at comics. You know, expand my knowledge base, read more. Uh, again, study those classic illustrators. Uh, study, uh, you know, anime, you know, art of books. You know, art of uh, Batman the Animated Series. That the Chip Kid book is great. Those kind of books, uh, look at them more, you know, as like a textbook instead of just uh, something that sits on my shelf that I either rarely look at or never look at. 
Um, so yeah, just basically expand my knowledge base is something I would tell myself and to never stop kind of looking for cool shit, um, which is easy now. Just go on Instagram, follow illustrators you like. It's pretty easy. Um, next question was, or the next prompt. Oh, well, this cricket's fucking with me. Uh, your strengths versus your weaknesses. Um, you know, my, my greatest strength is probably also my greatest weakness. And it's that I just care too much. Um, but no, on, uh, really my greatest strength is probably, and this is a little back patty. This is a little, uh, giving myself the old reach around, but my greatest strength is probably being able to capably do most of the jobs involved in comics. Um, I understand the basic rules of lettering. I know how to letter. I've lettered a book. Uh, I can pencil, I can ink, I can color. Um, so whenever a page comes across that needs a quick edit, or if someone forgot to draw something or something was drawn incorrectly, uh, I can easily just step in, you know, as I'm coloring and just fix that line work or, uh, you know, copy and paste something in there. If I need to grab, uh, you know, grab line art from other pages and, and repurpose them for, you know, if I need them, if I need to do that. So it's something that I can do without having to send it back to the inker or send it back to the penciler or, you know, email my editors and be like, hey, what do I do here? Um, if it's something that's clear and obvious, it's something I can make a fix in like five minutes. It's no big deal. And I think that's a big strength. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how many editors are aware of that or how many editors appreciate that or even other artists appreciate that. But it's something that I appreciate. And when I worked on uh, Family Tree and, um, you know, when I worked on Family Tree or when I worked with on, with Scott on Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes, you know, Scott and I are s- such good friends that, um, you know, I'll just message him and be like, hey, I'll, I'll fix this because I know this needs to be done. And, uh, you know, and if he comes back and says like, no, that was done this way for this reason, then I'm like, oh, OK, well, no, no hard feelings either way around. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to just be able to jump in and, and do that. Uh, my biggest weakness is probably, again, not practicing enough, not going back and really continuing to hone and sharpen my skills and not keeping up with, uh, some, le- some level of practice and sketching and, and, uh, you know, continuing education, if you were, that's something, again, uh, I really need to work on. Okay. Next prompt. A skill you're in the process of honing and how you're mastering it. Well, well, sweetfishmedia.com. Uh, I chose coloring for this because it's something that I, I you know, I'm moving more towards. And it's something I enjoy. It's my favorite part of of creating comics, you know, is, is, is coloring. Um, so what I do is I study palettes and I try to absorb the thought process behind how something's colored more than the style that it's colored in that makes sense. Like I look at like, why did they choose this palette? Why did they use this color for the sky? Why did they use this color for the highlights instead of how do I mimic how they did their highlights or how they did their shadows? Um, I'm convinced that comics always look best when they're cell shaded, which is how I color, um, as opposed to like too much airbrush and too many, too many highlights. Um, so, so I can appreciate a great colorist who, who does color in the, like an airbrushy, um, bright poppy style. I can appreciate what they're doing with, without trying to make my work look like theirs. Um, a comic in my opinion, shouldn't look like real life. I mean, you know, if you want to just look at something in real life, just watch the movies or whatever. Uh, so I prefer a color style that adds, adds something 
instead of just 100% accuracy, which accuracy is important, but I want to add a little style to that as well. You know, um, if you look at someone, you know, in, in the daylight, in the middle of the day, there's almost no hard shadows, but that's boring for me looking at that on a comic book page. So I'll always add shadows and probably darker shadows that aren't necessary or that are real or that are realistic, but a nice cut shadow or some nice cell shading really adds an extra dimension to the art that I think is, uh, is key. So that's how I deal with that is I, I try to study colorists, um, and figure out why they're making the decisions they're making as opposed to, Oh, let me just try to copy this guy. Um, but who knows, maybe if I copied more guys or tried to copy their style, maybe, you know, I'd be, uh, you know, I'd be neck deep in work, neck deep in coloring work, but who knows, maybe I'd be more unhappy. Uh, all right. So the, the next uh, group of questions, the final group of questions, um, are going to be from a website called makingcomics.com, and this is from their FAQ. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read whatever their answers were. I didn't even, I don't, I don't even read, their, I didn't even read their answers. Uh, I just took some of the, some of the prompts, some of the questions they wrote, um, and then I wrote some notes on it. So uh, this is going to be more for people who are trying to make comics, um, you know, kind of nuts and bolts business kind of stuff. Um, so first one is, how long does it take to make a comic? Obviously, that depends. You know, I've done 24-hour comics day before. Uh, I've written, you know, quote-unquote written, penciled, inked, and lettered a 24-page comic, and I did it in about 22 hours, 21 hours. Um, you know, but obviously you're not going to get the level of quality doing a page every hour as you were if it took you eight hours to do a page. But sometimes a page can take two, three hours, and it's going to look just as good as it would look if you spent 10 hours on it. Um but, you know, as far as coloring goes, you know, if a color, a page of Scott's that normally takes three to four hours, uh, maybe a little less, uh, you know, the, the, his work is a lot more detailed than mine. There's obviously a lot more characters in the book that we're doing right now. So that obviously more characters on the page, more panels on the page, more work is going to be done on it. Um, my page, you know, coloring my own work, I can usually do it in about two hours a page. You know, that's kind of my uh, normal timeline for coloring my own work. Uh, and then drawing a page, again, anywhere between three to eight hours, depending on, you know, the amount of reference, the amount of complexity, the, you know, the location. You know, obviously, if a scene is set, you know, on a snowy mountain somewhere, it's a lot easier to draw six panels of that as the background as opposed to six panels set in a, you know, parking garage full of cars or something like that. So, yeah, generally... Generally, I could probably pencil ink if I if I buckled down and did nothing else and just worked uh, without uh, taking my Twitter breaks, without taking my soda pop breaks, uh, that kind of thing. Then sure, I could probably pencil ink and color a page, you know, in a day. I used to be able to do that, uh, not so much anymore. I'm a little slower, a little lazier these days. Uh, but the answer to a lot of these questions and the answer to this one is it, it all depends. And, um, you know, if you got the time, if you're, if you work your nine to five job and you want to make a comic in the, you know, at night or whatever, just think about it. Even if you only do a page a week, that's a, that's a 52 page comic at the end of the year, uh, graphic novella for lack of a better term. Um, if you can do a page and a half a week, then you're up to like 70 pages, 75 pages, um, over the course of a year. So, uh, it just, if you want to make the comic, make a comic, no one's going to, no one's, uh, going to give you shit because it's taking you too long, especially if you're uh, working a nine to five and you're putting food on the table, um, you know, with your day job or whatever. 
don't listen to anyone who's who gives you shit about how long it's taking you to draw a comic. Uh, next question: What should I do when making comics isn't fun anymore? Uh, the easy answer is quit. Quit making comics. It should be fun to make comics, um, but some of us have our entire source of in- some of it. You know, it's the entire source of our income. So it's not easy to just quit when it becomes unfun when it is something you've been doing for a decade and it is your livelihood. Um, so in that case, uh, you know, find something that else that you enjoy doing that probably that pays you as much or more, and then you can quit. Or what I do is like you just work through it. It's not always going to be fun. You know, comics are not, making comics is work, and in every project there are fun pages, and there are just plain old, incredibly hard, terrible pages to do to work on. Um, and once once you know, but once every single page becomes hard and you're suffering because of it, you know, then you got to reevaluate. How badly do you want to make comics? Uh, because this, is it fun? Um, it's not always going to be fun. Is it more fun than uh, digging ditches? Yes. Is it more fun than driving across town and sitting in a in a stuffy office and having to answer to five different bosses on a bunch of, uh, you know, on a bunch of uh, phone calls and stuff? Sure. But um, if you're suffering because of it, you got to do what makes you happy um, while still being realistic about your income. So for me personally, I have zero marketable skills. Um, no one wants to hire someone who hasn't had a boss in a decade. Um, so for me, it's comics. Um, and, you know, not always, I don't always work 40-hour weeks, though, too. You know, I make my living, and I'm not always putting in a full 40 hours a week. So for me, comics is an ideal job because it, it fits a flexible schedule, which basically means when I want to, you know, goof around and fuck off, I, I do that, but I still hit my deadlines. Um, but I still should should be more. Um, I should be more militant about it. Uh, you know, I sh- I could get more work done, and that's something I need to focus on. Um, next question: What is the royalty percentage for creator-owned comics? Uh, again, it depends. Uh, some creator-owned comics are split fifty-fifty. Um, sometimes an artist takes an advance. So the royalties, you know, the, the, the split, the ownership royalties won't kick in until after the artist uh, or until after the, the book repays the artist for the advance. Um, you know, sometimes artists get more like I've seen books where the artist it's, it's like a 60 40 split uh, or maybe a 50 50 ownership split and then maybe like a 60 40 royalty split because the artist is doing much more work, much more labor. Uh, you know, the division of labor is not 50 50 between a writer and an artist. Um, so you have to figure out what works for you. I normally am happy with a 50, 50 split when I, when I take on creator owned work. Uh, but I also need a page rate. So a lot of times I don't take ownership because I'm more, more than happy to get paid up front. Um, or I take a, take an upfront page rate and then my, my royalties are going to be less because we're going to pay the book. We're going to pay the writer or the publisher back for what they paid me. Um, in advance so that's how i kind of do creator-owned work um but i would never recommend working for back-end money you know unless you and the person your partner on the project are very established pros um because back-end money is rarely is always rarely is there unless you're a known commodity or the book just somehow finds an audience and and it and it takes off you know huge 
Um, but also, if your priority is just to get a book out there and you're willing to, to lose some money and you're willing to you know, work on it in your own off hours and your own time while working your day job or whatever, uh, there's nothing wrong with working for back-end money. I mean, I wouldn't ex- don't expect to see it, but if it, if it happens, great. Um, don't, don't expect your first book from a publisher to make you any money. Um, you know, my first book, uh, I did a hundred percent just to get it out there, just to say I made a comic. Um, and I never made a dime while the book, while I was working on the book, you know, it was four issues. I was doing it, you know, at night after work, it probably took better part of a year to do those four issues. And, um, you know, I didn't make any money while I was doing that. You know, the only way I got paid on that book was when it got optioned. So I got lucky. It got optioned for a film and, uh, you know, we got paid by the studio, um, but that experience is pretty rare. You know, most people starting out, they work for free. They're not going to make money on their first book. So just be willing to understand that uh, when you get into, when you're first starting out and you're making creator-owned comics, uh, money should be the last thing on your list of uh, what you're looking to get out of that experience. Um, and then, But then when you become more established, then sure. You know, like if a bigger-named writer came up to me, and said, do you want to work on this book together? We'll set it up through image or whatever. Let's, let's get it done. Let's knock it out. Um, you know, it'd be hard for me to say no to that. Cause then I would assume, yeah, maybe there are going to be some royalties or maybe that will get optioned. So, um, you just got to balance everything out. What's your time worth? How much do you believe in the project? How much do you believe in your partner? Um, but there is no set, there's no set royalty percentage for creator owned comics, but I would say never take less than 50% of ownership. Um, Ownership and royalty is two different things, but you should always have half of ownership so that you have an equal uh, decision-making stake in the project. Next, what are pay rates for comic book artists and writers? Again, it all depends on the publisher and the project. Um, You know, I can't expect a self-finance project to pay the same rate, um, you know, as like a super popular crowdfunded project, you know. You know, a guy's, you know, some guy wants to make a comic and he has a story and it's fairly interesting and he wants to hire me to draw it. Uh, that's that rate isn't He's not going to have the same budget as someone who just put together a crowdfund project that brought in two hundred thousand dollars. And now they want to hire people to work on the book um, or and I can't expect a popular crowdfunded project to pay the same as DC, you know, or, or Marvel, I guess. Uh, so I look at it the way I look at it is like this, like how badly do I want to work on this project with this writer or this artist? What rate am I willing to work for? You know, each project is different. Each rate is flexible. But at the end of the day, I have to live with those decisions, right? So, um, you know, I colored a book last year. I don't know if it'll ever come out. I colored one issue of it. And the the page rate to hours spent working on it to enjoyable hours spent working on it was... Uh, was wildly skewed it wasn't worth it for me like i'm spending way too time on these pages that i'm having a hard time working on and hard time dealing with and the page rate just wasn't there whereas in return maybe that same page rate would be worth it for uh, an artist that's a little easier for me to handle a little quicker for me to handle and uh, pages that i'm more invested in and are um are more appealing to me personally um you know so it's not it's to me it's more about how much time is this going to take me and how into it am I? And then let's see if that page rate is worth is worth all that, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, again, you're gonna have to live with it. You know, sign up onto these projects. You're working on them for a long time. 
Um, all right, last question, and then we'll get out of here. Figure a good chasers should be under a half hour. Um, how, how do you stop comparing your work to others? It's a great question, and this is a huge sense of like a huge. Uh, it's like a huge. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A big problem is that, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time looking at other people's work being like, man, I wish I could, my work was that good, or I wish I was able to capture what they're capturing when they're drawing or when they're coloring. And it can really put you into like a big funk, you know, it can really, um, at least for me, it can really, uh, you know, lay me low for hours, sometimes days, trying to get out of that funk. So, uh, you know, I try to look at like, uh, am I, you know, the way I try to get myself out of these funks is I, Am I capable? Yes. Uh, I'm a capable colorist. I'm a capable line artist. Um, am I satisfied? Probably not. Am I satisfied with the work I'm doing? It's never going to be as good as you want it, as I want it to be in my head. Um, is the client satisfied? Yes. So is that enough? Am I capable? Is the client satisfied? Uh, am I always going to be bummed because it's not a little bit better? If those are if that's those are the three answers, then it probably you know, then I'm probably okay with moving on. Let's keep, let's keep trucking, uh, fire up another page in the old Photoshop machine. Um, and being capable and satisfying the work requirements, is that enough? Sometimes it has to be, you know, or else you're fucked. If, if, if you don't, if you won't turn in a page that you don't think is your absolute best page every single time, you're doing a one, you know, you're doing 50 pages a year. You're not doing, uh, you know, uh, 200 pages a year or, you know, whatever, is you know required of monthly comics um you know in my opinion every page that you do can't be great can't be the best page you've ever done that's that'd be an impossible standard so the way i look at it is is every project i work on a little better than the previous project i did is the book i'm coloring now a little better than the book i previously colored or am i learning new new things am i employing new tactics um and yeah are you am i progressing that's what i shoot for um so, and, you know, when I color, my basic thought process is, are the colors helping the art? If it is, I've done my job. If it's not, I haven't done my job. So even if I think other colors could have could have handled it better or could have made that page better than I could have, uh, I can only focus on, um, did, I, did I help the art tell the story? And if I did, then I think I've done my job and uh, I'll just shoot for bigger and better next time. Um, but comics are production, production art, and the, the wheels have to keep turning. Um, so are there, are there instances when I see a finished comic and I think I could have killed this book if given the chance? Yeah, of course. I mean, if you see comics out there and you don't, you don't think like, oh, I would have killed it on this book or I really wanted to work on this book, then you're doing it wrong, I think. Um, but you know, how often do I think I reach the level of the colorist and artist that I look up to? Very rarely do I think am I on the same level as them. Uh, but again, finish the page, do the work, uh, meet the requirements. Am I helping tell the story? Am I enhancing the line art? Uh, am I not detracting from the line art? Am I not muddying things up? Or thing is the storytelling clear? And if so, uh, give yourself the old pat on the back, the old self reach around, and uh, move on to the next page. And again, try to make that group of pages better than the previous group of pages. And if you can do that. More often than not, you know, if your if your win percentage is over 500, I think you're doing good in comics, and just keep plugging away. Um, 
so yeah, that was kind of my thoughts on on working in comics, kind of uh, advice I would give to people that are getting into comics that want to make comics, uh, and advice I'd give to my younger self. You know, stuff that I should I should pay attention to. You know, uh, practice what I preach is what I should be doing uh, more than I do. So, uh, cheers, everybody! Thanks for listening to me ramble. Hopefully, we'll be back next week with a full episode. And uh, in a couple weeks, I'll have a lot of uh, post-hero stuff to talk about. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for telling your friends about it. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for rating it. Thanks for uh, hitting that like button or whatever the hell it is. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.